0: Thank you all for being here. I'm glad to see that there's lots of kids. I have lots of pictures in this presentation, so hopefully kids will enjoy that. Okay, so she already said my name is Kelly, and I live and work on Bountiful Blessings Farm with my husband Joshua. We um, manage all of the winter production. We do some farmers markets and CSA, and we also have. Oops, I'm not meaning to do this. Okay. We also have a lot of animals. I have a herd of goats and sheep. We have lots of dogs and cats and a couple hundred chickens. Um, I love most every aspect of farming and the farming life, but the animals are what I'm really, really passionate about. So that's what I'm going to share a little bit with you all today um, about my goats. And so, a little bit on why goats. Goats are good for several different reasons, but something that's really popular, especially now, is um, products made from the dairy, from dairy goats. And so there's a lot of different dairy breeds um, that are really great and great producers. Um, So if you were looking to add like a value-added product to sell at your farmer's market or through your CSA, um, you can make soaps, cheeses, lotions, and a whole lot more with goat's milk. So goats can actually add um, to your business in that way. And the second thing is brush management. Goats, um, unlike cows and sheep, they're not grazers. They're more browsers. They like shrubbery, blackberry vines, like all the really brushy stuff. Like that's their favorite thing. And so um, they're really great for clearing out land that's unusable. And I've actually heard of some companies that will rent you goats. They'll put up a fence, put them in your area. Um, That's kind of funny. haven't seen it myself, but I have heard of it. Um, and then the last is the reason that I mostly have goats is because they're great pets. They are very, very um, lovable. They're very amusing to watch. If you've ever been around goats, you know what I'm talking about. They love to dance and to play. And um, you'll see a little bit more of that later because, whoops, um, I actually have a big rock pile and they all like to climb on it and play King of the Mountain. They're just very fun to sit with and watch. Um, okay, so we're going to talk about goat's... Four basic needs, first of which being food. Um, good quality hay is a must. Feeds and grains are optional. Um, goats um, are not very picky when it comes to food, and they will eat most anything as their, you know, reputation goes before them. They will not actually consume everything, but they will try to eat everything. They do chew on metal and plastic, paper bags, anything that's around, but they won't eat it. But so you have to um, kind of step in and make sure that they have what's good for them. Um, So we'll talk a little bit more about that, but fresh water, spring water, if it's available. Um, A lot of city water is somewhat deficient in the natural like nutrients and minerals that come out of a spring. So if that's available, that's the best, but if not, um, there are options to make up for it. I don't know why it keeps changing. Okay, the third is shelter, and we will talk more about all of these things later on. But you want at least a three-sided structure to offer them shelter from the wind and rain. Goats do not like to get wet. It'll start to sprinkle, and the whole herd will just head for the barn. They are the biggest wimps. Um, Cows, horses, sheep, they don't care. They're strong. They'll stay out there. But goats, they're the biggest wimps when it comes to rain. So you want at least a three-sided structure so that they have um, shelter from the elements. And then minerals. It's often forgotten part of um, goats' care, but we're going to talk about that, too. So... First off, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth on the hay and grain. Goats fall into the category of small ruminants, which is pretty much a fancy word for meaning that they have multiple stomachs. Goats have four. And as I was um, doing some research and stuff on this, I also found out that giraffes are ruminants. They have four stomachs as well. So, Goats and giraffes are somewhat related, which is kind of funny. So their first stomach is called the rumen, and it's very important, and especially with the goats, um, the long fibers in hay are very important to keep the rumen um, working smoothly and properly. And also the long fibers in hay produce heat as it's digested, which we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, In the winter, it's important that they have this hay because it'll actually help them produce heat from the inside out. So that is also very important. This picture is a hay feeder that I actually built myself. You don't need anything fancy. Um, you can easily find plastic bins or barrels like this um, on Craigslist or maybe if you have um, property like that you bought like with a barn on it. Like this one was on the property and it was just left in a barn and so I took it and you can take a bowl or something round mark on the plastic and then I just took a jigsaw and cut out all the holes and screwed it to a wooden base so it's kind of secure and that's a really simple, easy hay feeder. Um, you want to make sure your hay smells sweet and not moldy or musty because goats don't have a strong preference. They will eat moldy hay and it will make them sick. So you have to watch out for that for them. You want it to be nice and green, not yellow. And, um, yeah, if possible, purchase it from a local farmer. You can get hay and straw and all the things from Tractor Supply or the Co-op, but chances are it's going to be um, much more expensive than if you buy directly from a local farmer. So look in your area, um, kind of watch places you drive, see if you see farmers in your area that um, make and build their own hay and straw, and you can stop and talk to them. We've done that. Um, Also, Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace are a great place to find local hay and usually much um, less expensive than Tractor Supply or the Co-op, so those are great resources to look for also. Um, You want to make sure you store all of your hay under some sort of shelter because if it gets rained on or if it's in a low place that water runs off, it will mold very quickly and you can ruin a lot of hay if it's not stored properly. So, And then the last thing you want to try to stock up in the summer when it's fresh, Um, if you wait till the last minute, um, chances are you're going to be left with the less quality bales and for a bigger price. So getting them earlier is um, definitely important. So moving on to grain, the number one rule of feeding grains and feeds is to keep them off the ground. We're going to talk a little bit more and you'll see why that makes sense a little more later when we talk about Um, parasites, but you need to keep it off the ground to avoid contamination. And so in this picture, this is my very simple trough on the side of my barn. That's where I give all my grain. And the baby goats are not supposed to be in there, but they like to play in it. So that's not helping as far as contamination, but they can't help it. (laughs) So pretty within a few weeks or months, they grow too big and they can't stand in there anymore. So it's not a huge problem, but um, you want to keep the food off the ground as much as possible. Now I mostly feed whole oats, alfalfa pellets, beet pulp, black oil, sunflower seeds. You can mix those in mostly any portions. Um, It kind of depends on your herd and the individual animals what they need but that is a really good base. I mix all of those pretty much evenly parted you know with all four of them and they really like it and offers a lot of nice protein and nutrition. Um, If you have a lot of pasture space, which I do, I have quite a lot of pasture space, I don't give any grain during the summer months. They have plenty of grass and forage, and it's not something that they really need. But when the pasture is low, um, for us that's October through March approximately, varies from year to year when the pasture is low, I do give them grain every day, sometimes morning, evening, just to make sure that they have um, plenty to fill their bellies. And, of course, this is in addition to having hay available 24-7. So moving on to the second of the goats need is water. Um, First cool water available at all times is very important and if you can have a spigot in your pasture it eliminates a lot of headache because then you'll either be hauling five gallon buckets of water or a tub on the back of a four-wheeler to and from your pasture all the time trying to keep um, their water supplied. So this is Um, my water source. I have a little spigot right here in my pasture, which is very handy and easy to keep cool water available at all times, especially if you live in the south, where I do, where it gets very hot and humid, they go through water pretty quickly. So this one is a pretty small trough. You'll see in another picture. I have a larger one now because I have more animals. But this is something that I really love about my water troughs is i actually started keeping goldfish in them about two years ago and i saw another farmer friend of mine do it and i thought it was the coolest thing so i had to try it and i mean any excuse to get another animal right so um i have you can see this is my current water trough back there it's maybe 100 gallons 125 gallons and i have five goldfish in there now and they've been living in there for two years and especially in the summer there's a lot of algae that grows in the water and the water trough will turn green and scummy and really yucky and the goats don't like that i mean i wouldn't want to drink it either so every every other day every week at the very minimum i was dumping the whole thing out scrubbing it down just just to keep it manageable because it grows so fast in the summer so adding goldfish since i did that two years i've never once emptied the tank fully which is incredible. They eat the algae that grows on the side of the tank. They eat um, any mosquito larva, other water parasites that might get in there. And just a little bit of constant movement that they add by swimming around um, just helps to break up that surface algae that grows. So anyways, it's really cool. I have seen them nibble on the goat's whiskers when they go to drink as well. (laughs) Um, So I think they like each other. So, that's pretty cool. You can buy goldfish very, very cheaply at most any pet store, like, for pennies. So, um, yeah, some of mine are a couple years old now. They're doing very well. Okay, moving on to shelter. This is my current barn that I have, and you can see I have it decorated for Christmas because the goats like to be festive, too, or at least I like to think they are. Um, Um, so it's important to have fresh bedding weekly or as needed in the winter. I change it out once a week just because they're in there much more in the winter. Nights are longer, nights are colder, and they spend a lot more time in the barn. So I'm changing that out weekly. Um, in the summer, it's much less often because they just don't get it that dirty. Um, you can use straw, which is also a good place to look and try to get connected with your local farmers, um, and not spend extra money from the co-op. But, um... Yeah, you can also use pine shavings. I haven't used that myself. Hay is a little easier to store, a little easier to find. But pine shavings is also a good option. Um, maybe could be better on a smaller scale. But um, I prefer straw. But you can definitely try both. And it's a little bit hard to see in this picture because it's dark. But I do have up in this corner of the barn, there is a, a hay feeder mounted on the wall that we built. And it's... Um, good to have access to hay indoors if possible that way if it's rainy for several days in a row like it is in Tennessee in the winter um, they have plenty of food they can eat inside and so they don't have to go outside so um, one thing I meant to say at the beginning is that any of these slides feel free to take a picture of them I don't have handouts so I don't have this information to give to you so anything if you want to remember um, feel free to snap a picture of the slide Okay, so again, there's my barn. Um, This is another structure that we have because I have a few pastures. And obviously, this red barn, I'm not going to be hauling around depending on where the goats are. We're going to talk about rotational grazing a little bit later. Um, But this is a very simple metal structure that we've had for years. And it's absolutely nothing fancy. But the goats will all climb in there and huddle up at night to keep out of the rain and out of the cold. And so um, that one's a really easy thing that I can move around to whatever pasture the goats are in and then you can see that's one of my goats inside too so it fits them all quite comfortably they like to be cozy anyways um, one other thing I was gonna say about this barn you'll never guess how much I paid for this barn zero found it on Facebook marketplace somebody didn't like it sitting in their backyard and they're like hey Come get it, and it's yours. So that was an adventure, but we did bring that barn home on the back of a trailer. <laughs> we did knock out somebody's mailbox on the way home, but <laughs> that wasn't good. But um, you don't have to spend a lot of money building a structure. Um, just look around. You never know what somebody might be getting rid of. And it's not the perfect barn. You can see the door's not even in the middle. I'm not sure who built that. But, um, but yeah, you don't have to spend um, a whole lot of money building or buying a shelter. Okay, last but not least of the goats' four basic needs is salt and minerals, and these are much more important than you may think, and they are something that I did not put enough weight in at the beginning when I got back into goats. I had goats when I was young, and I have just started another herd five or six years ago, but when I started that herd, I didn't put enough weight into this as I should have. Um, But minerals are essential for several reasons. They help to keep your goat's immune system strong, parasite prevention, proper um, coat growth, and, um, yeah, just overall growth. So um, it's very important to keep them separately. Your minerals and salt, goats need more salt than minerals more often than not. And so if if you keep them together, most big salt blocks are a mix of salt and minerals, and it's just together in this big block. And so... The goats are eating that, and they will fill up on their necessary salts much quicker than minerals, which will leave them mineral deficient and high in salt. So it's important to keep them separate, and it's also just important to keep them loose. You don't want to get a block. Goats don't have rough tongues like cows, and so they can stand there and lick and lick and lick the block, and they're not going to get enough. So you want to make sure that they're loose. there you, know, you can look on the labels of mineral bags and just see try to find ones that are low salt or salt free um so there's definitely those options also um yeah ghosts will self-regulate their intake you don't have to worry about them getting too much if you put it out there leave it um, out there free for them to get 24 7 and they will eat as much or as little as they need so um that's also very important. Um, Sweetlix is a brand that I get that I really like, so you can write that down, Sweetlix Minerals. Okay, this one's a little more complicated, but goats um, need copper for a lot of different reasons, and um, a lot of areas, at least in our area, our area is very copper deficient, and we know that because we do soil testing on our farms, so that's really handy, and so since goats need copper and we do live in a deficient area. Um, a copper bolus is a way to give them that extra copper that they need, and they come in little capsules like this. You can buy them online. You can even find them on Amazon. Um, Ultra Cruise, I think, is the brand of the copper bolus that I get, but if you search copper bolus online, you'll be able to find it easily. Um, a lot of people give them just like this in a capsule, and they have, like, a a capsule gun that's long that you stick down your goat's throat and put it, but... To me, that seemed really harsh and, like, not enjoyable. And so I've talked to a lot of other people, and I have always, I just open this little capsule, put it in my hand, put some feed in my hand so that they'll enjoy it, and I just give it to them just like that. It's so much easier. It's, you know, trauma-free for the goats and never noticed any less effectiveness of the copper being given loose versus in the capsule. So just keep that in mind. I give it once every six months. Um, it could be a little bit different in your area depending on your copper levels, but ours are very low. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the fun stuff now that you know some of the things that your goat will need. Um, when it comes to choosing your goats, this could be um, kind of daunting because there are a lot of different breeds, a lot of different prices, a lot of different places. So, um, part of it will just depend on what's available in your area, but we're going to go over some of these breeds quickly so that you can get an idea of um, some of the ones you might be interested in. So, first one is Nigerian Dwarf. They're pretty small goats, about 75 pounds. They actually have the highest butterfat content of um, dairy goats, so they are great if you're wanting to make cheese and other things, um, potentially for your farm or markets. Um, Also great, soap, cheese, butter, all those things. Um, Nubians, which is what I have. All of my goats are Nubians. Um, They're quite large. They're one of the largest breeds but I like to call them the gentle giants because they are very sweet and lovable gentle goats even though they are large. Some people are intimidated by their large size but um, they're actually very, very sweet. Boar goats are another one that I have had in the past. They're very stocky, sturdy goats. They're actually bred for meat but they make great pets. So, um, Another one to keep in mind. Great for land clearing. All that good stuff. Pygmies. I had a pygmy goat once and he was the most dramatic creature I've ever owned um he once went on a several mile horse trail ride with us because we didn't give him grain when we gave the horses grain before we left and he ran beside us the whole way screaming his head off and it was very very annoying and that was not out of character for him because he he thought he was as big as a moose and his name was moose because of that Um, so if you if you like a lot of action a lot of drama get a pygmy goat um, and gore goats, which I think are a little harder to find depending on your area. They're actually the um, most efficient fiber-producing animal on, in the world, and I did not realize that until I was looking up the breed more, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, they have long curly hair. They look really funny. They look like a cross between a goat and a sheep. Um, very curly hair. It's funny. And the last one I have listed here is La Mancha. And if you've seen a La Mancha, you'll never forget it because they have ears that are about this big on the side of their head and they look like an alien because they don't have ears. And it is really, really funny. They're great milk producers and very, very sweet as well. Okay. The biggest thing to remember if when you go to buy goats is that goats are herd animals and it's a very, very poor choice to buy a single goat. You want to buy them in pairs because a sick goat, I mean not a sick goat, a lonely goat is a dead goat. Um, Goats are meant to be herd animals, and if kept alone, they will stress out very, very quickly and easily, and um, I've actually lost one because of stress-related issues. It was a very young goat that I brought home from a herd um, and joined with my own, and this move was just too stressful for her, and you know, I should have bought a second one from the same farm with her to help her adjust and stuff, but... So, I learned that lesson the hard way, but definitely try to buy goats in pairs and always um, have at least two. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about protecting your herd. We're going to talk about fencing, livestock guarding dogs, and parasite prevention. Those are the, um, basically the big thing three things that you need to know to keep your herd safe and happy. So for fencing, um, there's a couple things you want to think about. All of my goats pretty much have horns. Um, It's kind of a debated topic with goat owners, whether to um, disbud them, which is to burn their horns off, or to leave them with their horns. I personally, in most things in life, feel like nature's way has a reason, and there's a reason for that, and it's the best way. So I leave the horns on the goats so that they have a way to defend themselves. We do live out in the country, and even though we have good fencing and shelters, I want them to be able to have their only defense against predators. So, I leave their horns on, but you have to think about that with fencing as well, because horns get caught in fence, and it can be really a pain. So, this fence here um, on the left, you can see it just a little bit. It's not a great picture of the fence, but it's just a very tightly woven wire fence. Um, That is what our main pasture is made out of. You want to make sure you have good sturdy gates and latches because as you can see they like to stand on them and chew on them um, just like anything else. I don't know why they get pleasure out of that but they do. And um, the last thing is movable le- electric netting. We use this for our chickens as well as our goats and um, that's really handy for rotational grazing which we're still going to talk about a little bit later. Um, but you just want to be careful with that and keep an eye on your goats if you get, do get the electric netting to put them in because um, getting tangled up in it is a worry and you want to make sure you adjust them to it. And Also it's not a great idea if you have newborn little kids because they can um, goat kids that is not human kids. <laughs> you want to make sure because a, a very young unsteady baby goat can easily trip and fall and get tangled in the fence and then it will shock them and that, that does not end up good. So um, you just want to be a little more cautious with that but it is a really great option. Okay, this is something that I really love. This is Cabela. She's our livestock guardian dog. She's a great Pyrenees, and we got her as a little puppy, just a little bigger than these guys. Um, these guys. We have eight puppies at home right now. This is a picture I just took a few days ago. Um, they are they are so so fun. <laughs> but um, Cabela is a very special animal. Um, there are several breeds of dogs that are that fall into this category of livestock guardian dogs and Great Pyrenees is one, Anatolian Shepherd, Marama, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, these dogs have very strong protective instincts. If you get them as a puppy and raise them with your livestock, it can be goats, sheep, chickens, you know, any, any livestock really, they will bond with those animals, and they will protect them for the rest of their life. So Cabela we got as a very small puppy, you know, eight or ten weeks old, and Um, she grew up with the chickens and goats and with us some of course but mostly with the animals and um, she's incredible to watch if um, a hawk flies over she's the first one to spot it and she'll run chasing after it and um, you know she's she sleeps mostly during the day because she's you know she's big and fluffy it's hot down south so she just kind of takes it easy but at night she's very active and um, we have found many things in the morning that she took care of during the night, including coyotes. Wow. Um, so, hmm? Including, what? including coyotes. She's taking care of coyotes. We have found them in the morning, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. She does a very good job, um, at protecting all of our animals. Um, so if you live in an area out, way out like we do and have a lot of, coyotes either for the chickens or I mean for well chickens or goats or like smaller pests like raccoons um possums those kind of things that'll get your after your chickens she'll take care of it all so um it's really amazing to watch the relationship that she has with the animals I've seen her chase off stray dogs and then go and nudge a stray chicken like back to the safety of the fence so it's really, really amazing to see their relationship this is one of our puppies again. <laughs> just took this two days ago, but yeah, early exposure of the puppy with the animals is key. If you um, find an adult dog at a shelter or something like that, which is not a bad thing, but you want to make sure that it's exposed to animals. Because while I'm all for adopting animals that need homes and I love that sort of thing, this is a working dog. This is more than just a pet. You want to make sure that it's safe around your family, your children, and your animals. So. Um, exposure as a puppy is the safest drought and usually the best drought. So those are a few of the um, favorite breeds of livestock guarding dogs. You can't just buy a poodle and expect it to guard your animals. <laughs> so the breed is important. Okay, before we go to the next slide, does anyone want to guess what a goat's most dangerous uh, predator is? Anyone want to guess? All right, we got to guess coyote that that's a good one because they are especially for baby goats they are not good um yes somebody said parasites it is parasites internal parasites and it's kind of funny that the very smallest thing that you can't even see with your own eye for the most part except for maybe tapeworms um is their biggest predator goats leading cause of death is worms and parasites and worms and parasites love to live in warm, damp environments. And that is what Tennessee is like in the spring. So, um, the spring is our hard time when it comes to parasites and, um, animals like sheep and goats, like these kind of creatures that live around a barn, they're going to, you know, if it rains, they're going to walk around, they're going to make the whole place damp and muddy and like a mud pit. And so it, you know, unfortunately, makes the perfect environment for parasites to live and reproduce. Some parasites are normal and not a reason to worry, but um, they can easily become life-threatening if the animal gets really burning down with them. So, these next few um, little bit, we're going to talk more about this and things that you can do to prevent it. So, just hang on. I know it's a lot of information. Again, feel free to snap a picture of these slides so that you can um, reference it later. Alright, so... Worms and parasites damage the internal organs and feast on the blood of the host, in this case, which is goats, robbing it of needed nutrition and ability to digest its food properly, resulting in weight loss, anemia, diarrhea, and ultimately death. Um, even if the animal is not killed, the parasites can you know, really weaken their system, and then they'll be more susceptible and more weakened, and it's just a downward spiral. So um, anything that you can do to prevent these from taking hold of your animals, the better. Okay, this is not as clear as I would like it to be, but this is a picture of the basic life cycle of um, parasites. So the first thing is the host stage, which is the goat, which has these parasites that live inside of its body, and um, the parasites you know, live there and they lay their eggs, which are then deposited when the goat poops on the grass and then it transfers to the dung stage where these eggs hatch, and they then crawl up onto the blades of grass in the pasture, especially when it's wet and damp. This is, like, the prime um, atmosphere for parasites to grow and breed. Um, So then, yeah, they get on the blades of grass, go to eat the grass, and it's just a cycle that goes and goes and goes. And so it can be kind of daunting to try to break this up, but it is very important to have... um, steps in place to, to battle this because, um, yeah, it's the leading cause of death in goats and it's a pretty serious thing. So, um, we're going to talk about signs of a parasite overload is weight loss, the pale eye membranes, and something that's really important to do, um, for several reasons is just observe your animals, be with them, every day if possible, which hopefully you're giving them food and checking on them every day anyways, but just be um, acquainted with how each individual animal looks normally when they're healthy because that will give you a um, much better insight to like catch things early on because you know like, wait, that goes not normally like that. And so um, keeping an eye on that, checking their eye membranes is something that I very often do and it'd be easiest if I had a goat here to show you, but I don't, but you just take their little eyelid, and you flip up the top of it, just so you can see the underside of their eyelid, and it should be red, very bright red-pink. If it's pale pink or white, that's a very dangerous sign. That means your goat is anemic, and chances are it has a load of parasites that's um, eating its blood and nutrition, so Um, diarrhea, that one's the easiest to spot, but unfortunately, it's often the last thing that happens. You can't just go by waiting for your goat to have a poopy butt before you take action because often that's the last thing. Um, They'll get a rough or coarse coat when they have a load of parasites. Um, They're just being robbed of their nutrition, which is important for helping them grow and to grow a healthy, nice, shiny coat. So you notice that they'll be really lethargic, um, something I always watch for. I have a herd of about 10 goats, and if I see one that's lagging behind and not keeping up with the herd, that's a warning sign to me because goats are herd animals. Like Their their biggest desire is to stay together and to stay safe and be together. And if I see one that is lagging behind, that's an automatic red flag to me, and um, I'll usually start a little bit of extra care and treatment for that goat as well as just the first thing going in examining it to see if I can catch any of these other early signs. Bottle jaw. This one doesn't always happen, but often with a load of parasites, um, a goat will get this bubble under their chin. And I'm not sure of all the reasons that it happens. Um, I'm sure it's just a simple Google search, but it is something that happens occasionally if they have a load of parasites. So um, you also want to watch for that. Okay. So thankfully, even though these are very... Terrible little creatures that live inside your goats. There is a lot of ways to combat them, and um, you want to spend a lot more time upfront in prevention, so that you don't have to spend the time and money trying to cure it, if at all possible. So the biggest way to combat, combat internal parasites in goats is rotational grazing, which is having several different plots of land, and every few weeks you move the goats onto. And this works for sheep, cows. It's best for all animals, chickens, anything. Um, you move them after only like a, two or three weeks on each plot, move them to the next so that um, they have fresh pasture, and it gives those parasite eggs the time to break down and die because they don't have you know, everything they need for the life cycle with the animals. So that is the most important thing. Um, that's something I'm trying to do more. Um, our farm is not equipped with all the fencing that we need for that, but we're starting to try to get more into that. But it is a very important thing, if at all possible which is a great um, way to use the movable electric fence because that is very, very easy to set up and take down new pasture um, wherever you want and not have the, the cost or the hassle of putting in permanent fencing. Um, again, keeping all hay and feed off the ground so that it's not contaminated by the goat's poop, which is also on the ground. You want to keep those two things separate. Um, change the bedding in shelter regularly because that's where they spend a lot of time overnight. That builds up a lot of poop, which is where we learned is all the parasite eggs. So keeping that um, clean and keeping a general clean environment for animals will help prevent that as well. Um, Spread wood chips or straw, especially in wet areas around the shelter, right along the barn where I have my feed trough, where the goats are always marching around, um, gets really soggy and muddy. And so I'm always putting wood chips or straw um, in that area just to try to keep it dry so they're not sloshing around um, and it's not um, a wet, damp area as well for parasites to reproduce. Okay, and then the last thing, which is also really important, is to use sustainable and natural ways to build your goat's immune system up, to make them strong and hardy, on their own before parasites become a problem. So we're going to talk more about those things. Here, these are, um, these are some things I'm really excited about. There are, um, there are dangers to using strong chemical medications for treating parasites. Um, I keep them all on hand in case of emergency, but in some areas, um, the medications actually don't even work because they've been overused, and the parasites build up immunity to these medications and so in some areas. There is no cure if your goat or sheep or something gets a heavy load of parasites because the medications have been overused. So anything that you can use that's natural and sustainable, that's not going to build up resistance, um, the better because you can get yourself in a bind there. Okay, this is what a bucket of feed looks like for my goats. And actually that's missing some of the components. That looks like it's just oregano. But um, oregano is full of lots of nutrients and good things and um is um, it it has antibacterial and antiviral benefits. I put it in their goat's feed every day if possible. And um, they love it. They honestly love it. I also put thyme, fresh thyme, and garlic, which we'll talk a little bit more about. But oregano is also great for helping to heal their intestines after they've had a bout with worms or parasites. It'll try to um, heal that damage. So that's that. Oh, one other thing is that if you do do this, which I would highly recommend, um, you obviously would be good to go to Johnny's, buy some oregano seed and plant your own little oregano bush because um, I end up using a lot of this and it'll it'll cost you a lot of money if you're always buying fresh herbs from the store. So just try to be as sustainable as possible. Plant your own um, herb bushes if you can. And then garlic. Also, garlic is nice. We grow all all our own garlic, so I have plenty of garlic year-round. And also, um, yeah, if you have the space and time and willingness for that, just the more you can produce on your own, unless you can depend on somebody else, the better. Garlic has strong antibacterial properties, helping you fight against illness or infection. I like to give one clove of garlic to a goat every day, if possible. Now, um, some days I don't have that much time, and so I just give it as much as possible, but every day... If possible, that's the best. Um, Now, if you take a clove of garlic and stick it in front of a goat, they're going to turn up their nose. They do not like garlic. So, you have to be sneaky about giving them some of these things. So, uh, what I do is I just chop it up very finely and mix it all in their grain and their feed and they'll never know it's there. Well, they might, but they can't pick around it anyways. Um, You can also crush it and mix it with applesauce and molasses and um, some goats really like that as well. Okay, apple cider vinegar. This is also something that I keep on hand and use quite often. Um, It has a lot of benefits as well, but you want to make sure you get the organic. It doesn't have to be organic, but get the raw um, apple cider vinegar that's not been processed. Um, Get it. Make sure it says with the mother, and you'll see the apple cider vinegar will be kind of Cloudy and have these like grains in it and stuff. That's the more natural apple cider vinegar. Um, So, you want to get that. You can add it to your water troughs at one to two cups per 20 gallons, and different places will say different things. So, you really can't go wrong. Just add some to their water, um, and it'll be a beneficial thing to them. I do that occasionally, but I mostly give it in individual doses along with some of the herbs that I'm about to talk about. Um, so, that's another way to give it if you don't want to put it in their whole trough. Now, this is something that I use a lot in fighting parasites in my herd, and you can get um, specially made herbal blends that um, will help prevent and fight parasites. So, Land of Havala Parasite Prevention Herbal Blend is my favorite. Um, you can just look up online, Land of Havala. Um, they have a lot of different products, but their parasite blend is um, something that I always have on hand. I'm never without it. And Fir Meadows has the same thing. They have a uh, herbal blend that's great for parasites. I've also used that. Highly recommend it. So you can mix this stuff dry with their grain and give it to them daily with their food. That's mostly what I do just because that's very simple and easy. Um, You can also mix individual doses with apple cider vinegar, water, and molasses, and they think that's pretty tasty. And then here I have it mixed up in a jar. I have enough doses mixed up for my whole herd. And I just keep a 10 mil syringe, an oral syringe, and I give them to it, give that to them at least weekly. And in the spring or in times of stress, if the goats are stressed or something, I will give it on a three days on, four days off schedule. So it's a little bit more intense, and that's yeah, a more rigorous schedule if I'm really trying to prevent stuff. So um, yeah, you can take a picture of that. Fir Meadows, Land of Havila. Those are the two places you can get this herbal blend and then i'm not like all into essential oils some people are and i think that's fine but i've actually hadn't really used them on myself or around or anything but um i started hearing people talk about them for goats and for parasite prevention and so i was like well i might as well give it a try you know i'm trying to do as much natural stuff as i can to keep my animals healthy so i started using essential oils year and a half, two years ago or something, um, in conjunction with the herbs. They make a very powerful prevention. So um, these ones are all of the favorite ones. And I get all my essential oils from doTERRA because they seem to have the best quality. And um, these ones are especially ones that are made for internal use. So you want to make sure of that as well. Um, These are my favorite seven. Cloves. Again, not for pregnant goats. That can cause um, damages and stuff. And each of these, if you want more information on on all of these, and especially which parasites and worms they target and stuff, I have all that information. It would just take a long, long time to talk about. So, if you want that, I have pictures with all of that I can give you. But one dose is one drop of each diluted in three mils of olive oil because they are very strong on their own and they will burn the goat's mouth. So, um, it's very important to always dilute it. But I give this weekly, um, and also three days on, four days off if. Um any goats are struggling or if it's spring. Okay, we talked about this a little bit, but just the danger of parasite resistance if you um only and routinely use chemical dewormers. Um there's a lot of medications out there that fight specific worms that um they work and they work pretty well as long as your animal isn't resistant and the parasites are resistant. So using these natural methods. Um, the biggest thing to stress over that is just that you know it's helping your animal be strong and healthy naturally without any bad side effects and um, a lot of medications are filled with a lot of toxic ingredients and can have bad side effects even though um, they are necessary sometimes so anything you can do to be sustainable and use natural methods your animals are going to be better for it and it will cost you a lot less money Okay, so to know if your goat has parasites and especially before you treat them, especially with chemical dewormers, um, you're going to want to test for parasites. And there's a couple ways you can do this. Um, the first is you can take your goat to your vet. and you want to make sure that your vet does take large animals first um, because a lot of vets don't. And so you might want to call and warn them before you bring, you know, a goat into them. They're probably going to be like, what are they doing?" So um, um, in that case, You'll either need a truck and a trailer to haul your goat in, or like I do, I throw my goats in the back of my Subaru, and we make it just fine. (laughs) So um, you don't need a big fancy rig to haul goats. That's one thing nice about a small animal. Um, The other thing is you can collect a fecal sample and a little bag like this with their name on it, and you can take that just to your vet and tell them you'd like a fecal test on it. They will run the test. They'll tell you what um, parasites or anything that your goat might be dealing with, and then you can treat according to that, but that's a pretty simple way. 15 to 20 pellets is what you want to gather, um, just in a little baggie like this. It'll cost you, with medication, it probably depends on your vet or area, but our vet um, that I have done it with in the past, by the time you do the fecal and you get medications, it's going to be about $50, which is not something you want to be doing all the time, because that adds up if you have a herd of 10 or 15 animals and you want to be testing anytime before you give any sort of treatment um, that adds up. So, number three is what I do, is that I collect all the samples myself, just like this, in a little baggie with their name, and I ship them to a lab in Michigan. And Metamist Lab is the lab that I send them to. You can look them up online, get all their information, um, their um, you know address and all the information you need to send it in properly. And it only costs $6 to do a fecal sample. And so, I can test my whole herd for the same price as taking one to the vet, roughly. So um, that is a much more easy and sustainable way. It just costs me a little bit of my time, mostly. Like, I just have to, you, I mean... If you want to do this, which I highly recommend, other than hauling your goat to the vet every time you have a concern, um, you're going to be walking around in the pasture, watching goats' butts, waiting for them to poop so you can catch it in a little bag. So it does take work. And if you're scared of getting dirty, if you're scared of poop, just don't get animals in general. But um, you got to get used to it if you want these animals. So um, that's a great way. And so, yeah, definitely write down Metamask Lab. That is Um, my favorite lab that I send off samples to, and she'll send you an email with any parasites that your goats may have. They test for all sorts of things. Um, They'll also give you the numbers of parasites, which is also very important um, when it comes to knowing how and what to treat it with. So always medicate. I mean, always test and then medicate. Um, Each medication, and I'm not talking about the natural stuff. That applies to anything and is helpful for any parasite problems you might have. But as far as the conventional chemical dewormers that you'll find, you know, that your vet will give you or that you can get on your own online or at Tractor Supply, any of those sort of, like, farm stores, um, they can be very harsh. And so, and they also um, are mostly made to target a certain parasite. And so, say your goat has coccidia and they give you some sort of medication, it may, it may not even help at all because you know, it's very important to know what parasite your goat is dealing with before you medicate it because you could be loading it up with all sorts of harmful chemicals and it not even be the correct thing that helps that parasite. And a lot of this, sadly, the vets don't tell you. The vets don't even know. Like, they're trained in such a different way that they're not in the mindset of keeping your goat healthy as natural as possible. They are trained to give you a prescription, which is helpful sometimes, but... The more sustainable you can be on your own and not rely on them, the better. So, um, yeah, giving the wrong medication leads to parasite resistance, which is very dangerous. Um, and also test and collect those samples. Take them into your vet. Send them to the lab before symptoms get bad. You don't want to wait till your goat is lost 20 pounds, and it just has diarrhea like ca- terrible, and um, can't stand up before you do anything about it. So you wanna test actually while your goats look just fine. So I test every couple months if everyone is looking fine, and I'll test every couple weeks if somebody is struggling so that I can keep um, keep close tabs on their number of parasites and see how like well I'm actually combating them. So that's very important. And another thing I found super helpful is to consult with a goat mentor. Now, that sounds a little bit funny, and there's not many people, I guess, that maybe do this, but I want to tell you about somebody that um, you can find online. It's from the Giving Goat blog. Um, her name is Hannah, and she has years and years of experience with goats, and especially with natural goat care and natural ways to prevent parasites and anything, as well as other um, diseases and issues. But you can find her yeah at, at the Giving Goat blog online. Um also um her she's on Instagram is where I talk to her mostly at Good Life I mean Goat Life Good Life. And she's just full of a lot of information and um I often reach out to her if I have an emergency pop up or I'm just not sure about something. Like take that extra minute and talk to somebody who knows what they're doing just to be sure because um it'll it could save you a lot of time. So I definitely recommend that, and I'll have her information up again later. But she has a whole coaching course for their food, location, nutrients, minerals, worm prevention, chemical like dewormers, everything. She talks about a little bit of everything and is a really, um, a really, really good source if you want to get into goats that I would highly recommend. At very least, keep her contact in your back pocket in case of emergency. Okay. Now, a lot of that last stuff is pretty heavy. It's a lot of information to take in, but it is really important um, to at least be aware of and know what you're getting yourself into and how to keep your animals healthy if you do choose to get them. But these are a few of my baby goats that I've had. My goats um, mostly pay for themselves just by selling the kids each spring. Um, I definitely could be making cheese and soap and all sorts of other things. I just don't have the time. And honestly, they're mostly just my pets. I just have a lot of fun with them. And so, you know, I'm not in a huge rush to do anything, but they are dairy goats, so I always have that option, but these are some kids that I've had, and of course, um, occasionally a mom will reject a baby, and then you end up with a bottle baby, which is as much as possible. I like the moms to raise their babies just because that's nature's way, and that's the best, but it is very fun to have bottle babies. They think you're their mom. You feed them every few hours, and they will love you for the rest of their life, so Guts just bring a lot of fun and a lot of joy. Um, I think there's a really special connection of, you know, animals like this between animals and people when you care for them and you do these things for them to keep them healthy and happy. You know, they'll bring you a lot of joy. And, you know, if if you're making, um, you know, selling milk or cheese or soap, like, they will give you the best of what they have if you, you know, take proper care of them and they will love you forever. So um, they are just great great creatures, and I had them when I was young, and I've always been more of an introverted type of person. I'm not as easily, like, quickly connect with people as some people do. I'm just not super outgoing, but even as a kid, like, I would go out to my goat's pasture, and I would just sit there for hours, talk to them, be with them, and um, there's just something special about connection you can have with animals when they trust you, so that is a really fun thing, and something I love about keeping animals. It's just that connection, that, you know, I couldn't find the quote, but I believe there is a quote that, um, I'm not sure where it's from, but it talks about keeping animals and plants. Like, it's not all about the plants, which are great and which are perfectly necessary and, like, you know, a huge part of our message, but it talks about the animals, too, and, like, there's something special about being um, in tune with that part of nature as well. So, um, this is a good slide I have for you to try to take a picture of, um, just some good things to keep on hand. Some of these are natural things, some of these are um, the medications that you don't want to use unless you have to, but they are essential to keep on hand. Um, syringes, needles, those are the kind of things you better get used to giving injections. I'm terrified of needles and anything related to injections or shots, but um, I actually overcame that, so <laughs> you can too. It's just another step in being more self-sufficient. Okay, so has anyone Still want to take a picture of that? Because I'm going to go to the next one. Um, this is just some books and references. Um, I have some of these books that are very good. And um, "Goats Giving Birth" by Deborah Neiman. That one's really good. It's a lot of birth stories, and that's not something we went into at all today. But um, breeding goats, being you know knowledgeable and ready to assist in birth and taking care of newborn kids, could be a whole seminar on its own. Um, so that book is really cool. A lot of stories of failure and success from this lady who has years and years of experience with the goats. Um, again, Metal Mist Lab, the Giving Goat blog, um, or on Instagram at Goat Life, Good Life, Land of Havala Herbs. Um, also here's my contact, um, my email, and you can also message me on Instagram at the Freckled Herd. Um, I could talk about this for a long time, even though I'm not I, I hate public speaking, so you better be shocked that I'm up here. <laughs> but um, so reach out to me anytime. I'm always happy to talk about goats and natural ways and all this stuff. So, um, so yeah, take my contact down if you would like that. Um, reach out to me. And um, some of these other people that I have listed, too, are very great resources to have if you have any questions. So um, we have a little bit of time left, I think. I have something recording, so I actually can't see the time. I think a few questions, if anyone has questions. Oh, my. (laughs) Okay, we'll start at the front. How much time a day do you spend with your herd of 10? Okay, so the question is, how much time do I spend a day with my herd? Um, I spend a lot more than I have to, just because I really enjoy it. But just the basics of checking them all, giving them food, making sure their water is plenty full... Um, i can do all my goat chores in half an hour or less now if it's on the day of the week which is normally like wednesday or friday then i'm mucking out the whole barn that'll take me you know an hour to do that and just get everything you know put back in there and set and stuff so an hour or less even on a a really intense day is really all you're going to spend um except for the odd day that you may be doing other things like collecting fecal samples that'll take you hours (laughs) all right yes So, yeah, bigger predators like bears and panthers. We're lucky to not have those in our areas. We don't have to work um, and worry about that. So, that's not something I've dealt with. But I guess especially having a livestock dog in those areas, somebody to alert you um, at the first sign of danger. And also really good fencing is going to deter anything. Like, it's not going to keep a bear or a panther out. But anything you can do will just be one more step that they have to cross to get in. So, um yeah. I don't have them in my area, so I can't totally answer that. Yes? Um, do you sell all of your kids every year to, like, directly to those who want to build up their first for feeding stock, or do you ever have access that you just have trouble selling? Yeah, so um, about what I do with my kids. Um, so far all of them have gone to other farms and people that you know buy the females that they're you know want some goats for milking just for their family some people have bought them that just have a big pasture that they want cleared out and so they'll they'll you know and those people will take the males which are harder to sell because they're not as useful as the females obviously and so if i have a year that i have a lot of males i can be a little worried like i want them all to go to good homes like i don't want to sell any of these to people who are going to eat them like i'm not against you know, raising your own animals for food. I think that's the way to do it if you're going to do it. But I also don't want to sell my babies to people who are going to eat them. So, so far, not that I know of, has anybody eaten my goats? I try to make sure to ask a lot of questions and see pictures if I can of, like, where this animal is going to be going to. And so I just try to put into work to make sure that they go to nice homes. And um, some friends and neighbors have bought them from me. And so I get to still see a couple of them. So that's a lot of fun. And some people, even a year or two later, will send me pictures like, oh, look she's doing so good and you know that just makes my day so um, it is worth it to put in a little effort and ask the questions and make sure they're going to good homes yes yeah so um goats and sheep are quite different like they're very similar but they're quite different some things i i do have one sheep he lives with my goats he thinks he's a goat i raised him since he was two days old and if you want a really fun animal to raise just for yourself or with your kids a sheep is what i would recommend. They are so so fun. Um and baby goats are super fun too, but i have a special place in my heart for my little sheep. Um but sheep there's some, one of the main differences is that sheep can't have copper. It's, um it's a little bit different from breed to breed, but a high um getting too much copper will actually kill a sheep. So, and goats need copper to be healthy. So, um you want to either make sure if you do keep them together, make sure you separate you know give them copper separately it's a little bit more tricky to work around and i'm sure there's other things but i'm i'm not as knowledgeable on sheep um i'm sure a google search would help you go a long ways in knowing like what directions to look more into but there are some some big differences even though they are very similar all right yes the, um, the copper that i saw mm-hmm. that was a sustained release but- mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so on the copper, um, so yeah, it's in that capsule. And even if you give them the whole capsule, that capsule is going to dissolve very quickly once it gets in their stomach and it's warm and wet, that shell is just going to dissolve. And so, the inside the capsule are these little rods that are the rods of copper and they actually lodge like in the stomach in areas and they just stay in there, the goat. And that's when they slow release. Um, it's once they get into the stomach and they actually lodge in there. So that's how that works. Uh, yes? that's a good question when we're gone who watches our animals um thankfully because we have a lot of friends and family that live around us in our community we're all able to cover for each other and we're able to come places like this because um yeah if it wasn't for somebody to be able to watch them like i probably wouldn't be here especially i have one goat that um is sick right now and she has a uh terrible type of worm called a meningeal worm and it goes to their spinal cord into their brain and so um it can cripple them and stuff so i'm having real issues with her um but she is doing better i have somebody very capable taking care of her at home and giving her lots of love and medication and stuff like that so um i have good reports on that but yeah if it wasn't for people like that that are taking care of them it would be much harder to leave and go places <laughs> All Right? yes uh, or- say it again Mm-hmm. Yeah. So about the milking, I don't milk them regularly because I'm not making cheese and not selling milk. But if I got into that, yeah, once they would have their baby, you would bottle feed the baby and then be taking that milk. You'd be milking the goat and using keeping that. So, um, but it's kind of one of those things. Like even though I have very like high producing dairy goats, if they're raising their own baby, they you know take care of themselves. I don't have to milk them. But if you were to want to keep the milk and do that, once you start milking, they're going to produce enough milk to keep up with that demand. And so once you start milking and get them in that groove, like you're going to have to keep milking. So then it does become a daily process. But, um, if you want it to be more low maintenance, you know, you have the baby's nurse on the mom. And if she has plenty of milk for a baby, you know, you can take a little bit each day, just a little bit. And the baby will have plenty and you'll have some, but yeah, it is kind of one of those things. Like once you start then you have to keep milking. <laughs> Obviously not forever, but <laughs> alright. In the back, yes. Yep, orange coat. Why don't the um, goats eat the goldfish? Why don't the what? they what? The oh, <laughs> why don't the goats eat the goldfish? I don't know, I guess they 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 don't like to put their whole heads their water, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're are they are vegetarian. Alright, yes. Mm -hmm. we do we have about well we normally run about 100 150 chickens because we do um pastured eggs as well which my husband joshua is going to be doing a presentation soon i'm not sure which hour on that um which is going to be really cool um so yeah and we have we're going to have almost 400 this year and she does great with them as well so the dog won't bother no mm -mm. she was raised with them and as a puppy when she was four or five months old she did squish a few chickens like when she was getting used to them and stuff nothing aggressive she's just a puppy that has a lot of energy like you just have to assume that you know there's going to be a learning curve these dogs like they have you know such a good reputation that goes before them which is well deserved but some people forget that they have a puppy stage like any other dog, and you have to teach them not to chew on things and what they can and can't play rough with. And so um, that applies to when you're raising them with chickens and other, like, you know, ducks, geese, anything like that. Um, you know, it's just the learning process. And now that she's, you know, she's about four now, but it wasn't more than just a few months, and, you know, she was fine and very trustworthy with the chickens as well. And she's great with them. If they squawk, make any noise, anything, she runs to wherever we have them. You know, we rotate them all around our farm as well. Um, but she, she can climb and hop any fence, woven wire or electric on our property. So she lets herself in and out, um, as needed. So that makes us feel really good as well, because we know that she can get anywhere she's needed. Any more questions? All right, one in the back. Yeah, so the question is about getting an adult Pyrenees. Um i have heard of it being done it can be really hard and really risky because more often than not if it's not a dog that was raised with the animals like they do have very strong instincts to protect their animals and your kids yourself like they get so bonded to whatever they bond to they will protect and getting an adult that you don't know if they've been raised like that it's just kind of a gamble and i know people that have done it and it has worked out but there's a lot more horror stories they bring home this giant dog that weighs 150 pounds that terrorizes their animals if not kills them you know they can climb almost any fence um and then the animal ends up back in a shelter having to be rehomed so you know it's just a risk you have to weigh it all right yes i don't know how many i can take okay go ahead the parasites are they transferable to They're not. (laughs) No, you don't have to worry about yourself. (laughs) The question was about parasites. They're not transferable to humans. So about male. Yes, I actually have two of my own bucks, which if you just want goats for pets, don't get a buck. The best ones for pets are a weather, which is the name for a castrated male. They're very sweet and gentle. They're not moody like the females can be sometimes. Um, You know, you won't get any kids from them since, you know they're not good for that anymore but they are very very fun. My favorite goat when I was little was a weatherin. Um but yeah, if unless you are really wanting to do the whole milk production thing like if you just want them for pets or to clear land, like I wouldn't recommend keeping a buck because they have bad attitudes, they get really large and they smell really bad cuz they pee all over their face. It's part of like male goats whatever. Um so you want to you want to do your research before you get a male, but you also can rent a buck from other farms nearby that'll rent you one that you can either take your does to it or they'll bring it to your farm and you can rent it for a price um, if you want your girl's spread without having the problems of keeping a male yourself this media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more if you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons please visit www. Dot audioverse.org.